Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Good morning, Bucknutters. Merry signing day, we think. I mean, it is signing day. It's not your typical signing day, but uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. You know, I miss the days of, you know, the regular signing period and the uh, first uh, Wednesday in February and you and I celebrating that they got Von Bell. They got Von yeah. Bell. But um, I don't know, man. Just get into that a little bit and, and just, I mean, it's still going to be a good class. They're ranked seventh in the country, but it's just not what we would uh, have hoped for, it, to say the least. Yeah, this isn't one of those ones where we'd be like, whoa, remember the class of 23? You know, like it, it, there's a lot of these classes where we're signing them. We're like, wow, this is amazing. This is one where like, yeah, it's, it's good. You know, like seventh for OSU is usually on the lower end of what we consider to be acceptable right so you know at the end of the day it's a good class i'm happy we got it it's certainly better than some of the other teams in the big 10 are doing up michigan uh but reality is for ohio state it could be better right life is good but it could be better and that's how we kind of feel right now about ohio state's recruiting class yeah that's the thing and uh my other computer over there was was uh, playing our show. I had our uh, YouTube page up. I had to go to like silence that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. I don't even put this on the coaches. I th- at one point, they had the number one class in the country. And then NIL gone wild. Am I making excuses? You're damn right I am. Because I am convinced, um, while this is a good class, number seven in the country, it would be much better if it wasn't for – NIL, and not, not what NIL was supposed to be, people flat out buying recruits. I mean, we know there's stories out there of this kid wanted to go to Ohio State, but, you know, Ohio State couldn't pay him. And other schools offered him $250,000 a year. Uh, three years total, $750,000 guaranteeing him that. And you just can't compete with that. I mean, I, I put a lot of this on NIL. What do you think? Well, that's 100% the case. I, there's no other way to put it. Um you know, you're getting the, the point where it's like this isn't choosing to go to college like in a traditional fashion where what program develops me best for the NFL or where can I get the best education, right? It's like taking a job. Hey, 
I would love to work here, but this place is paying me double. Okay, well, it's not really a decision for most people, right? Like, we get all emotional about it because we are, of course, invested in the success of our program. But, you know, if you're telling me Georgia or Auburn or Alabama or whoever is offering double the money, then, of course, they're going to take it. There are very few people who are going to say, no, I'm only going to take half. Who takes half? You get paid. You or know take what I mean? None. Ohio State can't Ohio State's not giving recruits anything. Like they're telling them what could happen. Yeah. They can't even get it's not even like, well, we can't even give you half. They can't give you anything. So it's like so some kid, kid's getting five hundred thousand dollars. That's five hundred thousand dollars more than he'd get from Ohio State. If he's getting two hundred and fifty K, that's two hundred and fifty K more than he could get from Ohio State right now. It's well, and it's guarantees too. It's a dangerous sport. What happens if you get hurt? All those possible NIL uh, deals don't materialize. At the end of the day, I know that there's a lot of people who go, this is absurd. This is absurd that we are going to be uh, paying high school guys this kind of money. Flip side of this is, you want those guys? That's going to become more and more of the requirement. I don't know what else to say. All right, so the good news is they, they're going to land four-star Joshua Mickens later today, young man out of Indianapolis. Um Relatively high four-star, so that'll get them to 21. It's not official, but from everything we're hearing, it's pretty much official. So he's going to make his announcement today. He was going to wait till January. You know, I, I've seen some people speculate. I wonder if the staff talked him into announcing today so they wouldn't, like, go O for signing day. I kind of believe that conspiracy theory that they're like, why don't you go ahead and announce today if you don't mind, just so we actually have some good news today. But so the Buckeyes will get Joshua Mickens. He's a very good player. Yeah, and this is a guy we shouldn't remotely, you know, like this is one of the things where it's like we feel a little bit bad kind of being like, well, eh. I mean, this guy was, he's a top 247 kid that committed to LSU that we flipped away from uh, SEC power. That's a great thing. Normally, like before NIL, if this was the Trestle era, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, right? But the reality is, you know, he's one of probably six that we could have had in another environment. And, I don't know, Dave. I'm I'm kind of curious to see where Ohio State goes with this. Uh, there's two schools of thought. One is it's like start paying. The other one is okay, just wait it out, and there's a lot of these kids are going to end up in the transfer portal in a year, and we can kind of grab a lot of the talent that way. Um, where's your mind on that? Where do you think OSU's going to go? In this? As far as what? As far as so does OSU have to step up its NIL game and start paying the high school kids, even though they don't want to? Or are they going to start looking at the transfer portal and say, we're going to own the transfer portal? Well, we're going to get in the transfer portal in a moment. I think what I've said about Ohio State paying recruits is I think if we go another cycle and the NCAA is not doing anything, they just got a new commissioner, um, former governor from Connecticut. Do I have that right? Uh, I know it's uh, maybe it was Massachusetts. I believe it was Connecticut. Um, Charlie Baker. Yeah, so he's the new commissioner. I mean, there's nowhere to go but, but up. Lose. I don't know if he's going to be good or not, but I bet he'll be better than Mark Emmert. What they've got to do is get some regulations for NIL. If they don't, and it's still the Wild West a year from now, I think Ohio State needs to just say, okay, you're not doing do anything about it, fine. We're going to start paying recruits too. Because right now they're trying to play by the rules, and they're thinking, well, okay, people are saying there's not rules, but what if they decide you know, to come after these schools? You know, that Ohio State would be like, see, this is why we're doing it. But there's all this talk out there that Ohio State has this bloated compliance compartment that would never – compliance department that would never do it. 
But to answer your question, I, I feel like the pressure is going to be too big on Ohio State if a year from now we're sitting here and this is still why they're missing out on kids. Because you and I, I mean, we can't get into specific names, but you and I have heard the stories from really good sources of kids, multiple, that would definitely be signing with Ohio State, but they were bought. So if that continues, I can't imagine Ohio State's going to stick with the current way they're doing it. And I, I don't think it's – I think Ryan Day and Mark Pantonio and those guys would be willing to flip the switch right now. Um, they're just not allowed to because of their bosses. Thanks, Doug Archie. Right, Doug Archie leading the compliance department. Right. Yep. And this has been the same thing with this OSU overcompliance crap for more than a decade. Right. Right? goes back to Patgate. All we had to do was give the NCAA the finger, and they had no way to investigate it, just like Auburn did. Instead, we're like, take everything, investigate us. Why are we listening to a toothless organization? What's the NCAA going to do? Come down on every single school in the country outside of the Big Ten that's doing this? I mean, it's not like this is like one or two schools that's buying all the kids. They're all doing it down south. This is crazy to me that we're not just moving forward with it. So if this is the Doug Archie effect again, then, you know, this better not continue. That's all I got to say about it. Let's get into this, too. This is a question from Buckeye80 on YouTube. Do we think Gene Smith is standing in the way of NIL? I think Doug Archie and the compliance department's the main reason, but I do feel like Gene is a little slow to embrace this. feels like Ryan immediately embraced NIL. Gene was a little slow to embrace it. I don't think he wanted it. <laughs> you can see why. I'm not saying he was wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think a little bit's on Gene maybe. I, I don't know. Where do you come down? Do you think – what do you think Gene's at on this? you think if you gave Gene treat, uh, truth serum, he'd be like, man, we got to start paying recruits right now and we just can't because of – Doug Archie and those guys, or do you think Gene's kind of like a little weary about it too, or wary? I think Gene wasn't down with it from the start, but I think Gene has recognized the impact on the program when he's sitting there pleading to Ohio State fans to donate to the NIL collectives that are out there. So uh, Gene came around to it. I don't think Gene initially was thinking it was a big thing. I think Gene was going to be like, oh, great. It won't change a lot, but we'll show them opportunities, and it'll be great. And then he, everybody was like, well, Texas is paying every offensive lineman minimum 50K a year. Hey, look, here's guys getting million-dollar packages to go quarterback at Tennessee. And Gene went, oh, crap. So I, I think Gene Smith, if it was up to him at this point, would open the floodgates. I think it took him a little while to come around to it, but better late than never. Uh, I still think that OSU's compliance department, which has been notorious for more than a decade, I mean, they, they were the guys back in the day, Dave, that said that Ohio State had a violation because they gave up bagels with cream, with cream cheese. cheese. Yep. With cream cheese. Not just meal. Bagel. If you get a bagel with no cream cheese, snack. With, you put some cream cheese on there, it's a meal. This meal. is how far we've come. Now guys are driving like Bentleys yeah. and, and Benzes and Beamers. And getting but deals you know, like CJ Stroud gets the whole team suits. Like, you know, like. This makes anything that happened in Patgate look like a complete and utter freaking joke. So, like, at this point, it's like, come on. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is Doug Archie being super-duper worried about everything. And at the end of the day, I have been saying this since Patgate. Don't listen to the NCAA. Don't help them at all. Don't give a crap what they have to say. They have no power over you so ohio state going 
Oh no, what about the NCAA? They're acting like it's 1983 again. It's not. It's 2023. And everybody down south has moved all of their bagman operations into NIL collectives. And so we're, we're finally seeing what these kids have been essentially getting. Over, in fact, if anything, it's, it's costing their bag men more now that there's competition out in the open. But the reality is Ohio State, and we've said this for years, you and me, if that was all on a level playing field, Ohio State has more money than everybody. So let us spend it. That's where my head's at. I want to give a round of applause to the 21 kids. Let's assume Mickens, because I think he's going to announce for the Buckeyes later today. He will make his announcement later today, like we said. I'll give a round of applause to the 21 young men that, uh, you know, I'm sure – other programs are trying to buy. We know a few of them for sure. Um, other programs are trying to buy, and they just wanted to be Buckeyes. So congratulations to these kids. It's still a really good class, and it would be much better. I don't put this on Ohio State's coaches or Mark Pantone at all. I have no doubt it would be a top three class. Still a top seven class despite them, you know, basically fighting with one arm tied behind their back. So uh, And credit to all these 21 kids for wanting to be Buckeyes. It's going to pay off for you in the long run you're gonna get taken care of at ohio state while you're there you might get a chance to go to the nfl but if you don't no one takes care of former players better than columbus ohio all right so credit to those, credit to those young men um all right let's get into the transfer portal so they've offered a couple of offensive linemen already um one of them will make his announcement already the young man out of rhode island a johnny cornelius rhode island you gotta tap into that rhode island market man Rhode Island, neither a road nor an island. Discuss. Um, going back to coffee talk on uh, on Saturday Night Live there. Four, 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 four. The All cold right. world is neither cold nor a wood. Discuss amongst yourselves. Discuss amongst yourselves. All right, a Johnny Cornelius. Now, we're hearing he might be going to Oregon, though, so that's not good. But he's at least considering Ohio State, took a visit. Hearing he probably won't be a Buckeye, though. Hope I'm wrong. Um, the other one that they've offered, Jarrett Kingston. As of last night, they offered him. Young man who is transferring from Washington State. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to visit Ohio State sometime in January, so he's not going to announce today or anything. Um, I like that they're going after offensive linemen. I wanted yeah. them to do that. It also tells you what they think about maybe some of the offensive linemen that are coming back. Um, but your thoughts on them uh, going after these offensive linemen in the portal and what other positions do they need to hit in the portal? Well, the answer is cornerback in the portal if we're going to the other position. But uh, let's get the offensive lineman part first. This is a good thing for Ohio State. We need to be going after some of these guys. And the reality is that, um, you know, I think it's that you hit the nail on the head. This says something about what Ohio State thinks of the next group of linemen and their readiness for next season. Plain and simple. And Ohio State's also had some success with transfer linemen in the not-too-distant past. Right. I mean, was it Jonah Jackson from Rutgers that we got? Right. And he was great at OSU. So that's one right there that's panned out. Now, the young man from Rhode Island seems to be one of the more sought after transfer linemen. And I don't think Ohio State's going to land him either. I'd be pleased if they did. But he had something like 40 offers the moment he hit the portal. It was one of those kids where this is what the portal is sort of supposed to be. Is a kid who outplays the level he's at, which is FCS football right now and has the opportunity to elevate himself up to play major football. In the past, that wasn't a possibility for kids. So this is one of the good aspects of the transfer portal. But the flip side of the equation, of course, is that, um, you know, the the NIL thing that we've talked about. But I I like that Ohio State's chasing linemen. It shows that they they know they need to fill in some gaps right now. We saw the success Michigan's had the last few years with the center that they had that transferred from Virginia. So it's, 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 it's a very proven road for Big Ten teams to go 
and land a good offensive lineman from some of these other conferences in the portal. Now, as for where else we'd be, I would be looking for corners. I would be looking for older corners specifically. Last year, Ohio State didn't want to rock the boat and bring in some of these older corners because they wanted to trust in their younger guys. But we simply don't have enough numbers in the program. We just don't have enough numbers at corner. We don't have enough older numbers in the program at corner. We need more cornerbacks, period. Go find me the best available cornerback, put it in the transfer portal, and bring them to Ohio State. Maybe the top two, because Ohio State needs that right now on their roster, period. Because after Denzel Burke, do we have anybody that's older than a sophomore with, with Cam Brown that's graduating? I don't, I don't think so, right? Jordan Hancock will technically be a junior next year along with Denzel Burke. And then J.K. Johnson will be a third-year sophomore because he, he redshirted last year. So those kids will all be third-year players. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I agree with you. They got, they got to get a corner. Hopefully Tommy comes back. Tommy, I mean, he's he would be drafted, but he'd probably be a third-day pick. I don't think Tommy would be a second- or third-rounder. I mean, he should be. Just middle linebackers, unless you're really, really, really athletic, you're probably not going to go in the second or third round. I mean, maybe he'd be a third-round pick. I don't know. Um, I'm just – my point is I hope Tommy comes back. And if he doesn't, they need to find a mic because I don't know about the guys coming back if they can play the mic. I mean, Reed Carrico, maybe he can. We didn't hear much about him. Um, I don't know. So a lot of these guys seem like outside linebackers to me they have coming back. You know, Gabe Powers I think will be an outside backer. Hopefully C.J. Hicks is healthy. So if Tommy – Hopefully Tommy comes back. If he doesn't, I think they need to land a Mike. If mm-hmm. Kate Stover leaves, I think they need, need to land a tight end. We'll see what happens there. Before I forget, we're going to talk some Ohio State Georgia here to close the show. Before I forget, Ryan Day today at 1230. We're meeting with Ryan Day at the team room at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, 1230. Keep it locked to Bucknuts for coverage of that. Ryan Day talking about his recruiting class. And he'll be talking about a lot of other things, NIL. And we are 10 days away from Ohio State, Georgia, in the college football playoff. Bax, it feels like we're not even, like, really talking about it enough. It feels like it's, like, 10th. <laughs> I'm guilty of it myself. What are we doing on the show? Now, it is signing day, so obviously I wanted to talk recruiting. But it's like, even if you get on the message boards, it's like people bitching about this and bitching about this and bitching about this. And it's like, oh, by the way, Ohio State's two wins away from a national championship. I know. I kind of like their chances against Georgia. This, Even if you look at – Take the Buckeye blinders off. If you look at ESPN's FPI, the, the analytics, they give Ohio State a 42% chance to win this game. Georgia fans were getting on me saying I thought it was like a 50-50 game. I'm not even that far off from what the computers are saying. They're saying it's 58-42 Georgia. This is, not, you know, to me, it's almost a coin flip of a game. And I mm-hmm. have a hell of a lot of respect for this Georgia team. I just feel like Ohio State is an underdog, getting that second life. Talent-wise, they're not. They're right there with them. Yeah. Um, you look at the Vegas lines, Ohio State would be the second best team in this 14 field. They would be favored over Michigan on a neutral field. As I said on Monday's show, they'd be favored by three over Michigan on a neutral field. So according to Vegas, Ohio State's the second best team in this field. Your thoughts on this matchup 10 days from now? How confident are you, if you're confident? I, I agree with you. It's a 50-50 game. That's how I felt from the moment this matchup was announced. I think, though, the problem right now is, is that we are in the most unique, weird place of any program I can remember right now because the fan base is simultaneously livid about the last two Michigan games, ready to lose its shit, out of its mind about the NIL stuff going on down south, right, and feeling a little guilty that we backed our way into this playoff. At the same time, those negative feelings are offset by the fact that it's like, yeah, where are the playoffs? 
<laughs> I can't believe it. And the negative feelings were the overwhelming um, emotion that was built sort of on us whenever this is announced. And for Ohio State right now, I'm hoping the team is really angry because of everything that's been said that's gone on around it. Um, the, the Just little crap like Desmond Howard at the Heisman ceremony with DJ Stroud the last two years. Um, and then the flip side of this is, is that I think the fans are slowly waking up to the fact that right? Like we're going to come into the biggest, like, like what happens if we beat Georgia and then the national title game doesn't go our way? Like, I don't even want to say that out loud, but like we are in the most fascinating place of any program in the country right now, because by almost every standard of lesser program, this is a fantastic season, an unbelievable season. But by our standards, we're sitting here like, this is so close to a Cooper failure that we can't even put it in words. So, yeah, this is fascinating right now. But we're in the playoff. You're right. Like, hardly anybody's talking about this. And it's a playoff game that I'm like, we could easily win this game. Like, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if I State won that game. I'd be giddy. All my friends back in Atlanta for my five years living there would never hear the end of it from me. But, like, <laughs> you know, we just have all this other stuff going on that, you know, if this was – Somebody was more used to backing into the playoffs like an SEC school or, you know, if we had backed in but had won the last game of the year, then we'd be sitting here jumping through hoops. And I think for us, we just we're, – we're not used to this and we don't really know how to handle our emotions as a fan base right now. And the whole what if of the next game or two is hilariously fascinating. Like if you remove yourself from it. Like the, where what we're going to be talking about on January twentieth about the Ohio State program veers literally the entire spectrum, right? So, yeah, I think Ohio State could easily beat Georgia. It wouldn't surprise me. Georgia's very good, very good, but so is Ohio State. In fact, if anything, I think they have a better chance of beating Georgia than they did beating Michigan at the end of the regular season because none of that, you know, this is the rivalry pressure is sitting on them. And if you look at what Ryan Day has done since he got to Ohio State. Going into bowl games, we've always been ready for that first bowl game. Always, right? They won the Rose Bowl, and they, they blew the doors off the first half against Washington. Remember that, right? Washington had a little bit of comeback to make it somewhat interesting, but Ohio State came out and smacked them. The Clemson game where we were robbed, that Ohio State was the better team in that game by a mile. Yep. The next year, Clemson, they blew their doors off, right? And I know we lost to Bama in the Natty, but half our team was in COVID protocols, and that Bama team was really good, so I don't hold that against Ryan Day, right? And then look at last year. Went out and we won the Rose Bowl again. Ryan Day's teams are always ready, always. So I won't be surprised when Ohio State beats Georgia on New Year's Eve. I just won't be if that's what happens. Just everything else that's hanging over us, maybe we need that clout, palate cleanser, you know? Uh, I think it's a fan base. As a state, everybody is pretty still hung up on what happened with Michigan. This would be a really nice way to make everybody feel a heck of a lot better about where things are. Great stuff, as always, from Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thanks to Bax. Thanks to all of you. Really appreciate it. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Go back.
This is Sandra Herrera from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. 